and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, in the first of a two-part interview, I wanted to find out more of what's involved in a farm-to-fork enterprise. I'm joined by Jim Ryan, owner of Ryan's Farm, who operates a premium on-farm butchers alongside his farm in Kells County Mead. Back in 2007, I killed um, 120 lambs in the factory, and what do you call it? I got cut on seven of them. Now, for people that don't know what it is, we got paid up to 22 kilos, and after that, it stopped. So we had 70 lambs on it that were slightly overweight, not much, half kilo, kilo and a half, maybe two, two kilos for the maximum. But I was arguing with the factory man over the, the weight that went that we weren't getting paid for. And he said to me, if you don't like it, you should bring them home. So it just set off a light bulb moment in my head. And I said, I'm not going to live like this any longer. I'm going to kill my own lambs. So with that, I contacted Paddy Ward, who worked in Chagas in Ashtown. And we went in for, for three weeks work to learn how to cut up lambs and what do you call it, lambs, cattle, and what do you call it, and pigs. I brought two lambs with me the first day I went just to have a look at it. And so we killed two lambs at, at, and put them out at retail price. And it appeared that there was enough, there was enough at it to, to, for a business. So that's where we started. We went into Ashton in 2007 for three weeks and I stayed for three years. <laughs> and from 2007, how did it come about to build the business? Well, it started very slowly. It, um, it, it, it was very, very, very extremely tough at the very beginning. I remember the toughest, toughest day I ever had and I ever had since was myself and my daughter, Brona, was only four at the time, going to our first market at the dock. And it was, it, was, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do was walk away from the farm to do that. But when we got that, when we got that day over us, um, at least that, that was the real start. So we started with a mobile unit that we bought, that, that we bought in the north of Ireland. And we started the market in Dundalk, and then we went to the, the, the small market in Kells, and we started from there, we built it little by little by little. And then I, in those very early years, I was very lucky to meet a lady called Breed Carter, in, who was starting a market in Glasnevin, an indoor market. It, and we, I went in to look at an empty building, and we went in about three months later, that market started. It's our Saturday market in, in Dublin, in North Dublin, and we're there ever since. Great, and it has been a real learning curve what experience had you in starting a business before you started Ryan's Farm? Well, we ran a very intensive farm here before. We used to do about 1,200 heifers a year, fattening them. And then BSE came and, and, and put, the, put an end to that. And then we were suckling. We went suckling. We were suckling with about 140 um, top-end continental cattle. And there were 450 yos here. So we did that right up until we were killed the lambs in 2007. And you mentioned there that you did do some training with Chagas, but what other training did you need or did you require for setting up the business? Well, if we knew, now, knew then what we knew now, we'll cover it later on. We, we probably should have done, we kind of went headlong into it and learned the hard way for, for a good few years on the way. We didn't do any specific training, only, only the, the, main, uh, the main training at, we did in Chagas with Paddy Ward. That was the main, the main end of it. But there's lots of training, like you'll cover it later on, the questions that you could do, plan it a bit better than we did. But we just kind of, it, we learned along the way. And from initially setting up the business, what did you require with regard facilities, etc., on the farm? Well, um, with our, when we, we did spend our three years in Ashton, as I've said, and then with Paddy uh, Ward with me, we started to design the processing facility at home. So it took all that time to design the building that we needed, look for plan permission, 
then we secured Mead funding from uh, funding for Mead Leader. And then we went ahead and we built the, built the building, which we're in now, and it was opened in 2010. It's really a family-run business, as you say, with your wife, Pamela, and children, Brona, Robert, and John. They're very much involved. How important is this for your business? They're vital to the business. Um, it's the only way it can operate. Pamela runs the, the office end of it, and the kids have been at the market since we're very young. And... It's been excellent as well from a sales point of view and everything. A lot of our customers at the markets have watched our children grow up behind the counter and lots of them have children at the same age as a, 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 of ours. Lots of them have what they call it, kids in university like ours are. So it's been, it's been wonderful for the whole lot of them. But it's also been a great grounding for them. Early mornings, long days, dealing with customers, dealing with customer complaints and learning. And, you know, they had to learn all about good meat themselves. They're all highly trained in, in all the meat cuts now and safety, everything themselves. But, you know, it's, it's been a great grounding for them. You touch on it there, Jim, really, the long hours that he's involved. Can you talk me through your typical work week? OK, our uh, week starts, uh, we start a week on a Monday morning. We kill our pigs and we bring them down to, we're very lucky, the pig slaughtering facility, Anderson's the Muller, is only four miles away. So we tip down there with the pigs in the morning, back home on a Monday morning, to, uh, tip in the, the, uh, the lambs, on the farm into the pen, pick the lambs. We generally kill about 12 to 14 lambs every second week in ICM in Navan. So up to Navan with the lambs and, and drop them off. So that's, they're the two main jobs on a Monday. When that's over, what do you call it? On a Wednesday morning, on Tuesday morning, we collect the lambs, I collect the pigs. I'm always around the farm on a Tuesday. And then on Wednesday morning, I'm always in the factory about six o'clock on a, on a Wednesday morning and we cut up lambs and I'm always at the butcher on about six till one. On, on Wednesday. Now the Thursday morning, which we do all our burgers, sausages, sausage rolls and all that, I'm with the butcher for about four hours every Thursday. So that's our Thursday. Now it's, um, we do our trim market on a Friday. So in the yard for half six, in trim for eight o'clock. Um, um, eight o'clock, we leave trim at about half four or quarter to five and home and wrapped up at about half past six. And a Saturday morning is a half four start, um, up to the factory, load all, um, depart the farm at half past five, Dublin at half past six, um, first customers in at nine o'clock, and last customers in at three, wash up, home and tidy up and leave the factory about half six on a Saturday. Yes, very long hours, particularly on the Saturday. And you mentioned there that you're selling the produce. How are you selling the produce at the market? Yes, um, 99% of what we do is at directly to the customer. We do a small bit of super value work, our two local supermarkets with rashers and puddings, but um, only because of beside us, it's not, it's not a direction we want to go. And so it's directly to the customer. So the connection with the customer has to be extremely close. Um, it's always true. If you're very close to your customer, you're close to your business. So you need to, need to know what they want. I need to know what they're looking for. There about eight years ago, we our, our, it became obvious that our customers wanted pigs that were produced on barley and free range pigs on barley and beans. So we put up um, a standard unit on our own farm for 80 pigs and it's it works very well. They're on barley and beans and it's an automatic feeding system and it works very well. But it's by, you need to be close to your customers to know what, um, for lots of reasons, you know, taste, if something's such as too salty, if lots of things, but if you're close to them, you'll find out what they want and you get it for them. 
And Jim, what kind of meat is the customer buying on a weekly basis or is it a one-off purchase that you're seeing? We do nearly 42 different products now and a customer, any customer can come to our counter and buy a full week's shopping because say a backpack, we backpack all our lamb, our lamb, diced lamb is sold backpacked, our diced beef is sold backpacked and the sausages, there's a good week on them, the rashers we sell in packs of eight, there's three weeks on those. So they buy the whole lot, pork, uh, beef, lamb, sausage rolls, um, whatever, a full week's shopping is available at the one, at the one sitting at, when they come to us just once. And is it mostly mince or burgers or steaks or what are you seeing from the beef side? The beef side all depends on the seasons. Um, diced beef is a, is, a, is a hell of a good seller the whole way, say, from September the whole way through till May, as is round roast. They are much tougher to, to, to move in the summertime. So you're back to uh, mince and burgers. It's, it, 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 it can be quite seasonal, but every cut, ribeye has become extremely popular. And you're saying there about the importance of the eating quality and the experience. It's very important, particularly for the customer. What are the customers asking you about the products that you're producing when you're meeting them on a weekly basis? They all seem to want grass-fed beef. That seems to be number one. And price is not a problem, but the products must be 120% every time. They want steaks. They need to be well-aged. Meat, mint needs to be fresh. Um, Round roasts need to be well aged. We would count our round roasts as good as any good sirloin roast. Uh, the beef needs to be needs to be well aged, well hung, um, killed, stressless kill, and temperature. The temperature chain can must remain unbroken at all times. And have customers' preference changed, particularly with people cooking more at home? Yeah, since yes, since since lockdown, especially yes, we've no, a great a great resurgence of business would be well up. In all the roasts, all of the beef roasts are going extremely well. And um, as I said before, ribeye, strip lines, fillets, all everything's selling extremely well. And with regard to the grass-fed beef, all the beef you're producing is quality assured. How important is that for your customer? Well, uh, yes, we would put it up and sign at the market that we are quality assured. Um, it needs to be quality assured. Also, our customers, believe it or believe it not, would regularly come to the farm. So... The, the standards must you must all have the yards clean, all standards clean, uh, pig sheds clean, uh, straw bedded. Lots of them come down to see the lambs during lambing time, well bedded lambs, all of that. It, 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 they believe it or believe it not, they, they want they want to see where it's produced, especially our good foreign visitors we have here, the Polish people and all those people. They, they know it inside out. So traceability is key. Yes. That's great. Thanks very much, Jim. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode and join me next week to hear more about Jim's story and how he manages the cattle from purchase to finish and tips he has for farmers considering this career path. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.